Well, here's a note from a listener. Dan, I'm being held prisoner by my job. Now, in our recent survey, the overwhelming majority of you said you dream of running your own business or you want to grow the business you already have. You know, we, we literally, I went back and checked this. I mean, there were fewer than 10 responses out of hundreds and hundreds that said you wanted help in finding a job. I mean, that's, that's pretty astounding to think about how our workplace is changing. Now, I know you all gravitate here because I talk a lot about the, the freedom and unlimited open-ended income and all that that come from doing your own thing, but uh, it, it still represents a big shift, I think. And yet a whole lot of the stories you shared told of being in a job now that you wanted out of. So moving forward, I'll be interspersing those stories only to provide a framework for how you can go from the job you have to the business you're dreaming about. Now, we've got some gripping stories today you know, from that recent survey that will give us a setup for how to move from where you are to where you want to be. So again, grab your cup of tea or whatever you're drinking. Get ready for another episode packed with practical advice, these inspiring stories, and some resources I can connect you to to help you maximize your opportunities. So stick around. We're going to jump in right after these messages from our supporting sponsors. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Hey, welcome in. If you're new to the show, welcome in to 48 Days to the Work You Love. Now, you notice that doesn't say to the job you love. I think I used that title years and years ago and then quickly discovered a whole lot of people weren't interested in a J-O-B. They were looking for something more fulfilling work. Yes. Not looking to just not do anything, but not captured in and around a J-O-B. So we changed that very critically to 48 days to the job you love to 48 days to the work you love. You know, and as I move into fine tuning the 25th version of 48 Days to the Work You Love that'll be coming out in um, August of 2024. Well, that's when I'll have them. They actually be released in January of 2025. But um, I find I'm making a lot of shift from the details about how to find a job, which some of the early versions had, to this more of the freedom that comes from being a freelancer, independent contractor, business owner, entrepreneur, that all of you are saying you want, you're tired of being vulnerable to what's happening in the workplace. And boy, do we have some stories today. So here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Dan, I need to find a new job. It likely won't be a dream job, but it should be better than where I am. Now, don't you be thinking about that a minute because we're going to kind of dissect that big time. All right, Dan, I have a J-O-B, but I think it has the potential for passive income. Here's one. I've been advised to go after the low-hanging fruit opportunity and put my passion aside. And here, there's, this is a perhaps a term you're not familiar with. Maybe you are. I'm stuck in my own version of the Stockholm Syndrome and don't know how to break out. Now, that's a really, really important concept. I love 
that you dropped that in there. So we'll talk about the Stockholm Syndrome. And then, Dan, I feel trapped by my resume, and my wife wants me to make a sensible choice and stay in my lane. I want to do something more creative, fun, and exciting. Okay, great stuff. Can't wait to jump in. Our quotation comes from Nelson Mandela, who said, There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Yes, love that. Our resource I want to alert you to our upcoming um, webinar we're going to be doing on November 14th. Now, that's a big day for us around here because November 14th is the day in which it is then 48 days to the brand new year. So we want to help you make sure you've got your dream activation all planned out. You know what you want to accomplish. See, we get to where we plan to go. Don't just be a wandering generality where you kind of end up where life has taken you. No, decide what you want. Last week, we talked a lot about decide, that concept of decide. That means you've stopped something. You know where you're going. Well, so if you go to 48days.com slash webinar, you're going to join us for that November 14th. A couple times you can choose from there, but we're going to go through a 48-day dream life blueprint. How do you have an idea and then bring it to life? Because we've got, again, hundreds and hundreds of input from you all who are saying, you know you want something else, but you aren't sure what it is. Or even if you know what you want, but you don't know how to get there. We're going to walk through that 48-day dream life blueprint. Let's go to 48days.com slash webinar. Just uh, join us. We'll give you details on that as the day gets closer. Join us for that. Well, got some things. There's always things. You know, one of the things I want to do is, is share business ideas. I love sharing just unique things that people are doing and share a lot of those. But one of the things that is kind of a hot new trend out there is that of somebody who provides and takes care of plants in somebody else's location. So there may be an office building. You know, you got a 13-story office building. I guess they wouldn't have 13. They'd call it 14, even if it only had 13 still superstition out there. But anyway, um, there's people who are providing plants in that environment. You know, usually the, the boss doesn't want to go around with the watering can and do that. So they farm that out. So there's a real opportunity for people who have a green thumb, perhaps, to provide plants. Now, we have people here in the community where we are, plant parents. There's a little van that comes around. Our next-door neighbor has a, a large collection of orchids her husband passed away a few years ago. She didn't really know how to take care of them, but in honor to him, she wanted to keep them going. Well, she has somebody come in and take care of those. But it's a great service. Now, I like piddling around myself as an old farm kid, so we don't have that. But it's, it's an opportunity. It's a growing trend out there. Just one of those things. If that's on your radar, some of you sitting there thinking, you know, in your own office cubicle, thinking, wow, what could I do on my own? Well, you may see an opportunity right there. The company you're working for may become your first customer. I mean, that's kind of cool when that happens, but you want, might want to call yourself this growing term. You can put yourself on LinkedIn as a plantpreneur, a plantpreneur, just to add, add entrepreneur to the end of whatever it is you want to do there, but that's one of those things. Now, you know, I, I don't know why I grabbed this, but it got my attention. I, I listen to music a lot in, in our house. We have a TV, and when the TV is on, 99% of the time, it's playing music. That's it. We use it as a big screen music input. So, 
you know, we listen to Pandora and Spotify, Apple Music and other things. I, I actually have Spotify. Joanne has Pandora. So we don't overlap in our usage and knock each other off. What do you think those artists make? You know, when you hear you 2 having a song on there, it's a beautiful day. The song I have on my, as my ringtone on my phone. What do you think they make? Have you ever wondered about that? And if you think, wow, you know, Spotify, that's really a big music system or Pandora. And when somebody's playing a song you hear over and over and over again, you think, golly, that person's just sitting on the beach somewhere just getting rich, right? Well, it's probably not as much as you might think. When Spotify plays a song, the artist on the average makes, now you got to picture this in your mind because it's not a number you're used to. It's 0.0038 cents. All right, now that's not even a number we can describe. But that what that means is it takes 100 streams for that artist to earn 38 cents. It takes a thousand streams for that artist to earn $3.80. Now, I, I was surprised the amount was that low. I knew it wasn't a whole lot, but I didn't know it was that low. But you can see an artist better be doing something else. You're not going to get rich having their songs played, even if you hear it a lot. I mean, it's not going to buy groceries. That artist better be doing something else. Just like people who write books. I mean, we talk a lot about that. People who write books. Well, your, your money comes from doing other things, not from selling books. I mean, it's wonderful to have people buy your book, but it better be leading them to something. And the people making money as musicians, I mean, if it is, you know, look at Taylor Swift. I mean, she's not making music because they're playing her songs on Pandora. Trust me, she's out there filling stadiums and making movies and doing all kinds of things. Um, my, my sons and I are going to go to Vegas here in a couple of weeks to uh, hear you too at the sphere. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. The sphere. It's this amazing new venue that they built in Vegas. It uh, doesn't hold a lot of people, but each person has a really unique 4d experience. Meaning you may feel wind in your face. You may smell something that correlates with the performance you're seeing and the music you're hearing. The seats actually move. They say the seat is like a second skin. Wow. So, U2 is doing 25 shows there. This is a brand new place. They were the opening act and they committed to do 25 shows there. Well, they got $10 million in advance for that. And they get 90% of ticket sales, which blew my mind. So anyway, there's, there's ways to make money as a musician or uh, an author, trust me, but it's not just from having somebody read your book or listen to your song. Okay. In the survey, when we ask, what do you want to hear about most on this podcast? Number one was mindset. It's way out in front of everything else. Okay. Number two is clarifying my dream. Number three is growing my business. Number four down there. Let's see. I got to follow the graph, creating work I love. And then next is activating my dream. Um, next is starting a side biz. And then way down low, We've got goal setting and even lower finding a job. Now, again, that's interesting because those have been pretty major topics in years past, but uh, you'll see me shift. That's why we do the survey. I want to know what you all are working on. What excites you? What's, what, what you need to move you forward? 
All right. So let's go into some of these questions. And I got these from the survey. So again, I don't have names connected to these. Now, it's funny. Uh, when, when I do these, typically, uh, those of you who are listening, who hear me share your question, do in fact let me know, which is cool. I mean, I love knowing that and connecting with you. It's just that the way the survey had so many, so many responses on it that in my, with my team going through and making them so I can read them, they just stripped the responses out instead of all the details that show your name and all that. Anyway, apologize about that. But here's some of the things. Well, somebody says, I'm getting past, oh, oh mindset is this challenge. Yeah? Getting past the thought that I'm too old and it's too late to accomplish my dreams. Now, I'll, I'll address that periodically as we go along. And you know me, it's never too late to have a new beginning. I don't care if you're 18 years old and you just change your mind about going to college. I don't care if you're 28 and you just finished college and you got an acronym behind your name that you don't really want. You decided you don't want to be a doctor. You don't want to be a dentist. You don't want to be an accountant or whatever. I mean, that's okay. And I don't care if you're 88 years old. If you've got a dream, wow. Look at the future. And of course, one of my statements that we use a lot is, I hope your future is bigger than your past. If you ever get to the point where there's more excitement behind you than ahead of you, wow, you're going to tell your body, hey, it's time to shut down. I don't really need it anymore. Make sure you got dreams that are pulling you forward, again, no matter where you are. So not too late. Again, I'm not going to address that specifically, but I just saw that there and wanted to mention it. So here's somebody says, I'm quite possibly changing jobs. It likely won't be a dream job, but it should be better than where I am. I need to start something that I can own, but I do not yet know what that is or how to approach it. It's probably some mental block. I'm doing the strangest secret challenge right now to try to help me get started in the right direction. It all begins with mindset. All right. If you were to do something on your own, when would you want that to start? Now you say, you know, it's you're like, you're just going to, get something, a job, not a dream job, and you'd really like to start something on your own. So let's just go to the the end in mind, so to speak here. If we go out three years and you want to be doing something on your own, if you really are clear on that, when would you want to start that? I mean, I've never met someone who said, I wish I would have waited longer to start my own business. I just don't hear that. It's only the reverse. I wish I would have done this 10 years ago. Now, I don't know how old you are, but why would you say your next job will only hopefully be better than what you have now, but not likely a dream job? Boy, here again, we got a mindset issue here. I mean, it's that Henry Ford quote, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You're very likely going to end up where you think you'll end up. So if that's in a job that's a little better than what you have now, guess what? That's likely to happen. If you think you'll get your dream job, that's likely to happen. If you think you'll start your own business and love it and make five times more money than you've ever made up to this point, that's likely what'll happen next. Wow. Now, again, you say you're listening to the strangest secret. I mean, your thinking leads your reality. You know what that primary principle is in a strangest secret. We become what we think about. I mean, start with that. Think about what the idea would be. Think about what would stretch you. 
I mean, if, if something doesn't stretch you, it won't excite you. And if something doesn't excite you, it won't keep you interested over the long haul. Especially if you go off and do something on your own. You got to have something that will really stretch you. Okay. Dan, I'm trying to dial in what the mission of my life's work is. I'm reading um, the books on your reading list, and I'm being very prayerful and intentional on what I want to do. I want to find work that is like an extension of me. I have a decent work-life balance most of the time and love helping people with damaged homes, but I think there's a better application of my skills elsewhere. I just don't know where. Well, go back to the basic process in 48 Days to the Work You Love, where you identify what are your skills and abilities, what are your personality tendencies, what are your values, dreams, and passions, I mean, see, your, your life leaves clues along the way. I mean, just this week, I was working with a young guy, and I asked him to list 20 things he could do to add value to a company. Now, he's not looking for a job, but more as a consultant. List 20 things, then narrow that down to four or five. Do a little bit more research, then narrow down to one. Now we've got a starting point. So what you don't want to do is say, well, you know, what do you need? You know, you need payroll done. Okay. You need, um, you know, accounting work done. Okay. You need a marketing plan. You need sales. No, that'll show you as really, really weak and unfocused. So go back in terms of finding what the mission of your life is. Go back and look at the clues. If you're 27, you ought to have enough clues there to really look and see the patterns. When is it that you really come alive? When is it that you are in that, in your zone of genius? You got to be able to identify that. Okay. Well, hey, let's intersperse this right here real quick. Just a reminder, these are, boy, the, the richness of the questions you all submitted in identifying the challenges you have is non-ending. But I want you to continue to shoot in those questions you have. So we have things that you ask today and I answer next week. I mean, that's typically how I do it. Uh, we'll go back to that, but shoot those in as well. Again, just go to 48days.com slash askdan, and you'll find there the means by which you can do that. You can leave an audio message if you want to, or just a written one, as most people do. But again, it's 48days.com slash askdan. All right, so quick message from our sponsors, and then I'll be back with another story. Okay, so... Here, a listener says, I have a J-O-B. How do I convert it to a position of passive income? I'm a software developer, and I don't know how to morph to self-employment. I'm 65, so I would like to make the transition over the next five years or so. I'm desiring more time with my wife while we are able to be independent. I joined a 48 Days Eagles group, but I haven't put any time into it. The old saying, you harvest what you plant. I've not done a good job of planting for the future. Well, jump in there. We've got a lot of people in there who are more than willing to share their ideas and resources. It's just a wealth of uh, information and ideas, again, resources to move you forward in whatever you want to do. So certainly do that if you're already in the Eagles community. Now, how do you morph to self-employment? You're a software developer. Now, when you do software development, I mean, I don't know of anything that has more power as turn in terms of potential to make you money than software development. I mean, think about that. How many things we have we use daily that 
somebody developed one time and now they're getting paid over and over and over again, or they get an annual fees on it. I mean, the things I use, mine, it blows my mind when I go through, I use rocket money to track my expenses and it'll show me in an instant, the things that I have subscriptions to. And it's always mind blowing when I look at that, all the different tools we're using and just to keep our business going and personal things going. But that would be the ultimate. Now I, I have a friend who, a few years ago, was working at a company as a software development developer, and he thought, you know what? I'm developing things that are going to make this company rich. What if I did something on my own? Well, he had an idea for software development, and he decided he would do exactly that. So he did, and companies did respond. But now with him as the individual developer, rather than just purchasing it through some company that he worked for. So let's say that he was, let's say that he was making... $180,000 a year. I don't know. I could ask him what he was making. Be interested. But hey, let's say that he was making $180,000 a year. You know, really good salary, you know, doing well, benefits and all that. But he left that because he thought, if I do this on my own, it's going to open up potential like I don't have now as an employee where my income is capped no matter what the value is of what I'm developing for them. Well, he developed his little product. Companies did respond. Make a long story short, in January of last year, he sold that company for $50 million. Uh, he's pretty well set to do anything he wants. So now he has the luxury of looking at other businesses to invest in. And he's taken an active role in a couple other companies where he's both invested and then brought in his skills as well to help them grow. I mean, how cool is that? that that's just don't overlook those kind of opportunities when you're sitting there. So morphing into self-employment as a software developer is a pretty straight line path. Identify what it is that you have that you could offer in that way. Okay, a couple more questions here. Somebody says, Dan, I don't know how to find my passion. There's also, now this is pretty interesting. There's also controversy of going after a low-hanging fruit opportunity and putting my passion aside or really going for my passion instead. The end goal is total freedom, financial time and location. If the lower hanging opportunity can lead me there faster, if I put my passion aside for now, this seems to be a good choice. But it feels like work and not really a passion when I'm working on it. But if I have the freedom from this, I can dedicate time for my passion without having to turn it into a business. Besides that, I also hear it from many people who follow their passion, turned it into a business. And once they turned their passion into a business, they stopped being passionate about it and even burned out. So the goal is the freedom part, but it would be good to enjoy the work while I get there. And the two ideas above seem to be grappling with each other. Thank you. My gosh. Thank you for your, your question, your quandary. Yeah, I, 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 got, I got wound up playing both sides of the story as you unfolded it there. I mean, wow, you got all these things that seemingly play against each other. If you follow your passion, you may just burn out. If you don't follow your passion, how are you going to be excited about something? Is it easier to make money doing something you're really excited about or something you're just doing because it's the practical, responsible thing to do? Well, my experience is it's a whole lot easier to make money doing something I really love doing. And I would venture to say that's true for you as well. Now, when, when I get into what I'm doing here, 
as you, you may probably know, most of you listening, you know, I started as a Sunday school class. That little Sunday school class just grew and grew and grew. And people were asking for resources for my time and all that. So I had a whole bunch of things that all were part of my passion. I was really clear about what I wanted to do. But then I could look at that and say, okay, I have coaching and speaking and writing a book, creating a course, uh, having live events, um, building an online community, starting a mastermind. I mean, those were all ways I could lean into my passion of helping people identify their unique and most powerful talents and passions, and then how to translate those into meaningful, purposeful, profitable daily work so they can make a larger impact, leave a legacy, thrive financially, and do all that in 48 days. I mean, I was real clear about that. But, so that I could have done any of those and be passionate about them, but in that case, the low-hanging fruit was coaching. That I could do immediately. I could decide I was going to be a coach on Monday and Monday afternoon, be coaching somebody. I mean, so that was the low-hanging fruit. So I did that immediately. And I was coaching people five days a week. But as I got so much information from people going through these processes and learning from those and having things to share with others, then I started on those others. Speaking, writing a book, creating a course, having live events, building an online community, starting a mastermind. Those those came over a period of time. And I reduced my personal coaching from five days a week to four to three to two to one. And at this point, I reserve one day a month to work with somebody individually, just so I keep my keep the rubber on the road, so to speak. I don't I never want to lose that. But it's been reduced that much because I've developed those other things. Now, this business of avoiding your passion because you think you might lose the enjoyment is a really, really confusing circular mind game. And you know what I really think? I think it's an excuse to not have to be creative enough to lean into your passion and find a way to make it work. And then you can, of course, legitimately complain about your job because it's not your passion. I hear that from people every day. Don't get caught up in that garbage. I mean, I'd rather help you find a way to grow dandelions, turn that into a business if that's your passion, than help you find a corporate accounting position at $180,000 a year because that's the practical, responsible thing to do. No, explore your passion, figure out how could you put legs on that? I mean, be creative. I mean, if it's being a musician and you just want to play your guitar and sing, you may have a challenge because of the numbers I just gave a minute ago. Now you're gonna have to be more creative. When I got into being an author, the statistics about being an author were not very encouraging. 95% of authors in America never make more than $40,000 a year? Are you kidding me? But that's what I wanted to do. So did I just back away and go find something else where statistics tell me I can make more money? No, I decided to do things that were unusual for authors to do. And that served me really, really well. All right, let's jump into this one. This is, a, this, is a, this is a bomb. Dan, I was stuck in an abusive corporate job for more than two decades. I don't ever want to go back to that. But sometimes it feels like that's the only thing I know, like Stockholm Syndrome. I want to live out my passions, my dreams, but I feel like I don't know how to get that done. Now, let, let me explain the Stockholm Syndrome. That refers to really the bond that can develop between hostages and their cap 
volunteers. Now, in some cases, hostages may develop sympathies for their captors and their cause and even turn against the police. Now, there's a lot of real cases of this. Uh, one, some of you probably aren't old enough to remember it, but Patty Hearst, you know, the granddaughter of William Randolph Hearst, was kidnapped back in 1974 by an organization called the, the Simonese Liberation Army, SLA. So she was kidnapped and held for ransom. Well, what happened is she became sympathetic to their cause. She decided she didn't want to be found and liberated. She sided with the very people who captured her, and she traveled with them for 19 months before she was found and arrested for some of the things that she had done with this group at that point, and ultimately went to prison. Now, that's that Stockholm syndrome. But as it relates to a job, a lot of people feel trapped where they are. They know their boss is a jerk. And yet, that captor provides them with the mortgage payment, the groceries, the car payments they need to make. And so you feel an obligation and a lot of times become sympathetic. Yeah, I know, you know, we're making bombs and missiles, but this pays for my groceries, my college education, for my kids. I got to stay here. That, that's an example of the corporate Stockholm syndrome for sure. And what you're describing here, you don't ever want to go back to that. Yeah, don't. If that's what it feels like, it doesn't matter if that's the only thing you know. We learn new things. I mean, the only way you're going to survive in today's environment is to be a continuous learner. doesn't matter what you know at this point. If you're not a continuous learner, you're falling behind every hour of the day. Be a continuous learner. That opens up new opportunity. We've got somebody in our in our um, community, well, actually on our, on our team, um, her name is Mariah. She has become obsessed with AI, artificial intelligence. When you, I mean, she is, and she's got people standing in line to have her help them understand how to use it effectively, both individually and as companies. It's just an amazing opportunity for her, and I'm thrilled for her. Well, guess what? That technology hasn't even been on anybody's radar for a full year. It was November of 2022 when ChatGPT really came on the scene and all of a sudden, now that the technology was there prior to that, but that's what really popularized it. And all of a sudden people were saying, oh my gosh, what is this thing? Is this thing going to replace people? She's taken that, understanding how to utilize it well and turn it into an amazing opportunity for herself. I mean, wow. Now you say in here, but sometimes it feels like that's the only thing I know. Again, don't get stuck in what you know now. What you know now may not serve you for where you want to go. I, I worked with an accountant one time. Remember really, really clearly. He had been let go. Now he's used to a very, very high salary. I mean, he was paid, being paid in the 300,000s. But he was an accountant. And he had just been with the company for 26 years so over a long period of time, his income kept going up, but finally got to the point where the company says, wow, we could get somebody you know, half this guy's age and pay him half the money and still get a good job done. They let him go. So 20 years, 
26 years there. Well, I started asking you, well, gee, you know, what are the things that you really understand? What are your marketable skills? And he was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. His own description was, he says, Dan, for 26 years, I've had my head down, my pencil up. He was so out of touch with the current workplace. It was scary. Now, my advice to you then, a listener here with this question, number one, keep your skills sharp. Know your marketable value. I mean, what other companies would want to hire you? And then really critically this, how could you take those skills you know you have and use them even if you did not have a job? And see, the reality is you're interviewing for your job every single day. I mean, a company has to make a decision. Are you still providing value that far exceeds what they're paying you? And the company's asking themselves that every day. You don't just get a job and then that's the end of it. No, you're interviewing every single day. Okay, one more here we're going to squeeze in. Dan, I got laid off in June from a job I didn't like. Yay, I have a small severance package that'll carry me through the end of the year. I want to take my skills those being project management and team building in a new direction, but I feel trapped by my resume and my wife wants me to make a sensible choice and quote, stay in my lane End quote. I want to do something more creative, fun and exciting. Okay. Here's what I would recommend. You got laid off. Okay. Laid off in June. Severance package will carry you through the end of the year. Rock and roll. Give yourself 48 days to come up with a clear plan. How can you take your project management and team building skills in a new direction? Can you speak, do workshops and seminars, create a course, write a book, lots of things. If you come up with a plan, you're all set to execute it. If you can't come up with a clear plan and a timeline for how it will provide for you and your family, then take your wife's advice. Make that sensible choice and stay in your lane. So start with your dream. And I, I don't know, I don't see any obstacle. I don't know your whole situation, but I don't see any obstacle in what you've written to, to move in that direction. But then prove yourself. You, you can't be sitting on the couch a year from now, you know, watching Seinfeld reruns and eating Pringles and telling your wife you're working on a plan. No, you've got a severance package. It'll take you through the end of the year. So you've got the 48 days left here. But I mean, create a plan where you have so much confidence that you know you can execute the plan, walk right into it and do exactly what you're doing. Something more creative, fun, and exciting as you describe. If you can't do that, if you can't come up with a clear plan in 48 days, then by all means, yes, don't just deteriorate, keep lowering your self-esteem, get out of shape physically. No, go get a job. No shame in that. But don't start with that. Start with where your dream has taken you. Prove yourself on that, and I don't think you'll ever look back. All right. Well, hey, we're going to wrap it with that. Hey, keep sending those questions in. Again, just go to 48days.com slash askdan. Shoot your question in. Include it in here. We'll have fun unpacking it and hopefully give you some inspiration. And also, if I use your question, I'll send you a gift in the mail. I love sending those out here back from a lot of people and doing that as well. Our quotation for today, remember that? Nelson Mandela, there's no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that is less than the one you're capable of living. And a resource for today, you know, check it out. Join us for that webinar coming up November 14th. 
big day, 48 days before the new year starts. We're going to walk through a 48-day dream life blueprint. Go to 48days.com slash webinar. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Thanks for being an encouragement to me. My goodness, when I hear from all of you and what you're doing, the notes I get, uh, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for the life I get to live and having been a tiny part of that. I reached out to a lady this week that I taught, that came to one of our events um, probably eight or nine years ago, and I'm going to have her do a project for me. I remembered what she enjoyed doing and uh, reached out to her, and she's all excited. I'm thrilled to make that connection with somebody who was actually at one of our events, and I remembered what she did. It's very unique. I'll share that sometime coming up after I get some of the product delivered to me, perhaps. But uh, share this episode with three of your friends who are also committed to personal growth, people who need encouragement, need some inspiration for what to do, people who may feel trapped in their own Stockholm Syndrome, where they feel obligated to the company, hate what they're doing, hate the boss, but feel obligated to stay there because it's giving them paycheck. Ouch. Gee, I hope, I hope you aren't living like that. I hope if you de- define that as your situation, that 30 days from now, you're not in that situation. Stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Have a wonderful week.